Hello everyone. As I take time away to spend with my family, I want to thank you, the staff, and Leadership Council. Without your support and prayers, this time away wouldn't be possible. Let me also say thank you to Susan Wendell Latima for her willingness to bring today's word. She currently serves on our Leadership Council and is Vice President of Happy To Be Home organization that started right here at New Hanover UMC. May the Spirit continue to move mightily in this service. Now, New Hanover UMC family and friends, to those of you who are on site and those of you online, please give a warm welcome to today's guest speaker, Susan Wendell Latima. Well, today is Father's Day, a day honoring fatherhood and paternal bonds and all men who have cared for others like a father would. My father is an amazing, strong Christian man who led his family by example. He was a church organist and choir director at a United Methodist Church in Berks County for over 50 years, and my mom served alongside him. So church was my second home growing up. Because of them, I've never known a time without my heavenly father. I could talk about my dad for hours, but that's for a different day. My story today is about my heavenly father. Sometimes it's difficult to imagine almighty God as a fatherly figure but that is exactly how he invites us to understand him. We know this from verse 18 in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Ten years ago, my family went through an extremely difficult and sad time, and my father took a broken, sad situation and used it for his glory. It all started on December 29th, 2009. It was four days after Christmas and I was at the movies with my daughters, Charlotte and Emily. While we were waiting for the movie to start, I noticed that my spunky, intelligent, seven-year-old daughter, Charlotte, was not speaking clearly. I asked her again to say a sentence and she began to slur her speech uncontrollably. We immediately left the theater and rushed to Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, where she continued to lose function. Over the course of 10 hours, we watched helplessly as she lost her ability to talk, then lost her ability to stand and sit, and then lost her ability to speak words and soon became comatose. It was a terribly scary time, and we had no idea why this was happening. We called our pastors here at New Hanover in a panic, requesting prayer. Five days after arriving at CHOP, Charlotte had a grand mal seizure, and she became very unstable. She was rushed to the pediatric intensive care unit. During her evaluation in the new unit, a nurse noticed an abdominal mass. After more testing, it was identified as a rare type of ovarian tumor, and surgery removed the tumor less than a week later. But Charlotte did not improve. How could it be that my Charlotte, 
who could swim butterfly, play piano, stand on her head, and make everyone laugh, now needed a breathing tube, a ventilator, oxygen, tube feeding, and IVs. Finally, we received a diagnosis, a rare syndrome called anti-NMDA receptor encephalitis. She had extensive brain swelling that was due to antibodies produced by the tumor. Unfortunately, these antibodies had invaded her brain where they did not belong and shut down many of her brain functions. She was critically ill and very unstable. My family surrounded us as we tried to process everything that was happening. I was so fortunate to have the support of my family, including my dad, whose hugs and words of encouragement were everything to me. When this all began, my older daughter Emily was in eighth grade, and she needed to be in school. Her father and I were living at Ronald McDonald House in order to be close to Charlotte, but Emily was only 13 and not ready to be living at home, all alone. Our wonderful neighbors stepped in and took turns having her live with them so that she could remain a student at school and I could be a chop with Charlotte. But it was so hard seeing Emily only on weekends. And our Pastor Gill, being the dad that he is, realized it. And so every Wednesday, for the next six months, Pastor Gill picked Emily up after school, drove her to CHOP so that she could see her sister and be with her family. Pastor Gill's weekly trips meant so much to our family. Once again, I got to see how our Heavenly Father used the dads that are in our lives. I was overwhelmed with support for our family as it arose from across the region. Charlotte's intensive care unit became decorated with get well cards, pictures from children, handmade hangings with messages of hope and faith, prayer shawls from churches near and far that I could wrap myself in throughout the day and night, musical toys and armloads of stuffed animals. That huge sign hanging in front of the window is from the Sunday school kids here at New Hanover. Four months passed in intensive care. Medical staff became as close as family members. Emily became a loving and skilled nursing assistant for Charlotte, helping with tracheotomy suction, tube feedings, and medications. I continued to work for a pharmaceutical company while spending as much time as I could at shop with Charlotte, learning her care and loving on her. In May 2010, after four months in the ICU, Charlotte's condition was stable enough to move her out of ICU and into CHOP's progressive care unit. And the staff began to di discuss discharge plans. Could she come home? That seemed impossible. I didn't have the facilities necessary to care for her at home. Could she go to a pediatric nursing home? Well, I didn't even know that there were such things, but that didn't seem like the best choice for my family. I wanted to bring her home. It was then that our Heavenly Father moved the hearts of this church. The congregation took over the preparations by raising money for home renovations. 
they changed my first floor office into a girly pink bedroom, converted a powder room and a garage bay into a tiled, handicapped accessible bathroom and shower, installed a wheelchair lift and a backup power generator. And on September 17, 2010, after 265 consecutive days in the hospital, Charlotte came home. My heavenly father and my church friends had come along beside me to make it possible for my beautiful daughter to live at home with her sister and me. What an amazing feeling of Christian love and support. But it was also a very scary time for me. Nurses that I had just met for the first time were working in my house. Every eight hours, a new nurse arrived, and I had a shift change with a full report of Charlotte's last eight hours happening in my house. New medical equipment and supplies were scattered everywhere. I thought about how all of this would affect Emily. I worried about what would happen if an emergency came up. This wasn't like the hospital where there were more nurses and doctors down the hall. And I kept thinking, how can I go back to work and leave her at home alone with a nurse who is a stranger to me? My 19-year marriage was over, and I was now a single mom trying to balance a career, raising a teenage daughter, and Charlotte's care. The future seemed so frightening. My well-intentioned friends tried to help me as I made this transition. God doesn't give you more than you can handle. You're strong, you'll get through this. Except my well-intentioned friends were wrong. I definitely had more than I could handle. And at the end of nine difficult months, my strength was gone. Overwhelmed with grief and fear, I cried and prayed for hours one night in 2010. Yet in my grief and confusion, I felt my heavenly Father's spirit as he surrounded me, comforted me, and calmed me. Just like it says in Psalm 3, verse 4, I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. The psalmist David was describing me. I could do nothing but cry out loud to the Lord. Without him, I couldn't even comprehend my situation. But with the peace of my heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit, I was able to be calmed and able to sleep at a time when sleep seemed impossible. The next morning, I awoke, gathered all of my remaining strength, and I went to work. When I got there, a colleague said, I brought something for you. It was a plaque with the words, when life gets too hard to stand, kneel. Was that a coincidence? No. It was a personal message to me from my Heavenly Father. In January 2011, church members realized that Nathan, 
Another child in our congregation also needed renovations in order for him to remain living at home. Nate has a congenital disease that damages many of his body's cells. He had grown considerably since birth and was still living in an upstairs bedroom. This meant that his mom or nurse had to carry him up and down the stairs each day for him to join the rest of the family for their daily activities, and that wasn't safe for him or for them. Nathan needed a downstairs, handicapped, accessible bedroom just like Charlotte's. So more money was raised, and this church was able to provide his family with facilities to better care for him. And that's when a miracle happened. My Heavenly Father took those terribly difficult situations and used them to help others. Their needs for specialized facilities in order to live at home spoke to the people of our church and inspired them to begin Happy to Be Home. Happy to Be Home is a nonprofit group that provides home improvements so that families of children with multiple disabilities are able to care for them at home. The two in the organization's name is in honor of our founding children, Charlotte and Nathan. Because of the way that God chose to, happen what used, to use what happened to Charlotte, Nathan got a handicapped accessible bedroom and bathroom. Katrina received a renovated living space and a handicapped accessible shower. Keith received a modified bathroom, AJ received a handicapped accessible bathroom, and TJ received an automatic door. We have provided a ramp for Jake and Ryan, a bedroom for Hannah, an accessible bathroom for Annalise, and the list goes on. Those praises are for God. My Heavenly Father continues to provide as we have raised over $700,000 and helped more than 50 children. We are continuing to work with two families and we're raising money to help more. It is truly amazing and humbling to be part of how our Heavenly Father has used the challenges faced by Charlotte and Nathan to bring hope and comfort to families who desperately want to nurture the chil their children in the warmth of their homes. 2011 was a rough year for Charlotte. Her disease and treatment plan were reassessed and monthly chemo treatments began for her for nine months. No one knew if it would help, but nothing else had been successful to date, so we tried. So many people continued to pray for Charlotte during this time. They followed her progress on her blog. They talked to her at church, and her friends from school came over to the house to read or play. Throughout 2011, she received physical therapy and occupational therapy at home. Late in 2011, the doctors tried weaning her off of one of her neurological medications with unintended consequences. She had a terrible setback and was unconscious and less stable through Christmas and the second anniversary of her illness. In February 2012, Charlotte seemed to improve a bit as she learned to balance in a sitting position for a few short minutes. I was hopeful that maybe she was making more progress as we returned to CHOP for doctor visits. But instead, we received some very difficult news. 
we learned that there were no more treatments available to her and that her care was being transferred to a clinic at CHOP for chronically ill children. I struggled because I didn't want to hear the message that the doctors had shared. There was nothing else that they could do for her except keep her stable. I looked to my Heavenly Father for guidance and strength and asked my prayer partners for support. It was hard to accept that there was nothing else that could be done for my beautiful little girl. Then, in April of 2012, Charlotte suffered an even bigger setback. She was admitted to CHOP with pancreatitis. She was more sick than she had been in a long time. She could only receive nutrition through an IV. She was completely back on the ventilator for breathing support, and her body swelled with excess fluid. My conversations with my Heavenly Father were constant. I received more support from so many friends and family. And once again, after five weeks in the hospital, Charlotte stabilized and came home. She was home about one month when we experienced yet another miracle. After 30 months of minimal response and an inability to breathe on her own or even move her own muscles, Charlotte slowly started to have moments where she seemed more conscious. Then exactly 10 years ago today, on Father's Day, June 2012, she spoke her first word. No, her word wasn't dada. It was ma. <laughs> but it was the most amazing gift from my heavenly father on Father's Day. And my dad was right beside me sharing in the miraculous experience. The doctors were unable to explain why this happened and simply said, this is what we'd always hoped for. Charlotte had a very long road as she worked hard to learn how to eat and drink, walk and run. She spent two years in occupational therapy and physical therapy, relearning everything her body had easily done before her illness. She's the strongest kid I know. She worked very hard in school to relearn the many years of academic skills that she had lost. And now Charlotte is in baking and pastry arts at Johnson and Wales University. I still find myself falling to my knees in prayer, but I know that my heavenly father continues to hear my prayers, continues to give me strength, and continues to surround me with the love and support of family, friends, and powerful prayer partners. Pastor Ricky has been preaching the past two weeks about in your shoes and how important it is not to try to be someone else. During Charlotte's illness, I learned a lot about the reactions of others to a person with disabilities while being Charlotte's caregiver. There were many times when I could feel people staring at both of us or worse, looking away and avoiding us. Sometimes people even made unkind comments or shared how they would do things differently. Sometimes it felt like they were trying to wear my shoes. But that helped me to realize that the place where I felt most comfortable and most welcome with Charlotte in the outside world was here at church. 
It was at church where friends and acquaintances saw past Charlotte's disabilities, talked to us, cared for us, hugged us, respected us, and supported us. And isn't that the way that it should be? Christian hospitality is the warmest kind of hospitality because we follow the example of Christ who welcomed everyone regardless of health or status. When Happy to Be Home visits with a new family for the first time, we talk with them about their individual situation and the home modifications that they need. Many are distraught over not being able to do more for their child, and it is an emotional visit. It is during these conversations that we always reassure the family that we are there to come along beside them and support them as we work together to determine the best way to ensure a safe environment for their child and their family. And we do this for every family regardless of their religious affiliation. Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. These families carry some huge burdens in their shoes and we are always honored to support them right where they are. On this Father's Day, I am amazed as I look back 10 years ago and see how my Heavenly Father has used Charlotte's journey to help others. We may never understand why she fell ill or went through everything she did, but I know our Heavenly Father was with us the entire time. And he took that terrible situation and created a way for it to bless others. I encourage you to use this Father's Day to take a moment to look for the ways in which your Heavenly Father is working in your life.